Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the early show live and exclusive here on the Crusade Channel, the last live radio station standing. I'm your host, Kevin Turley, this morning, sitting in for Friella, and it's my great privilege, pleasure, and honor to welcome you to the show this morning, and what a show I have for you. In the second segment, we are joined by the, uh, the wonder of life coaching herself, Dr. Amal Maroking. She's going to be uh, here for your problems, uh, your questions, your queries, all the things in life that are challenging you, she's here to solve. No problem too big, no difficulty insurmountable in the hands of Dr. Amal. So that's in the second segment. So feel free to drop some questions into the chat room at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat and i will be very happy to pass those on to um fiorella or to i'll pass them to fiorella as well <laughs> i'll pass them to dr aval and if you're feeling very strong and in need of emergency help 844-527-8723 give us a ring show us the phone is still working King Dude has paid the phone bill. We are still operational this morning. So how are you today? 21st of September. Where did September go? Where did this year go? Now, I'm just sitting here drinking uh, some Abbey Rose coffee, freely available at shop.mychurch.com. Go there today, buy a bag, three, four, five, six. Mm. And help out the good monks of Guadalupe. Okay, so um, we're on the radio, as Donna sang. You're on the radio with me this morning. Uh, lots of activity already in the chat room. I'm very impressed with all these uh, pictures that people are throwing in. Good morning to you all. Um, there seems to be, uh, let's have a look. Yep, lots of people already sending pictures in and various quotes. Um, this morning, I hope to have one of our number from the chat room calling in shortly in a few minutes to talk about his love of radio. So we're going to have a little in inside radio discussion about the joys of radio. Uh, I was out in the centre of London last night, and I have to say that it really is getting back to normal. Um, it's almost like funerals and lying in state and 10 days morning never happened. Everything seems to be back to normal, getting back to normal very, very quickly. Um, and um, it's a bit like um, any family when you've had a funeral or a bereavement. There's that period of unreality before the funeral and then a period where you have to get on with life. You know, you have to get back to life. You have to get um, get on with it. I must say I enjoyed our chat yesterday with the um, um, on the 70s TV shows. Um, we definitively uh, judged that Dukes of Hazard was a 1979 release, so all that discussion on the Dukes of Hazard was perfectly legitimate. Um, but this morning it's radio we're talking. Now, um, I don't know about you, but um, sometimes um, I'm listening to the Crusade channel late at night. Uh, or in the early morning if I wake up. And I have to say, and this isn't a complaint, I know that uh, the Walsingham West um, business is taking up all of Mike and Maggie's time. But um, just a little programming note. Um, the one episode of The Saint has played on all three nights at exactly the same time. I could almost tell you the plot now. I could almost recite some of the dialogue. So I don't know what's happened, whether there's been a malfunction somewhere in, in, the, in the setting of those uh, timers. But anyway, just, just an observation. Now, on a happier programming note, Friday, uh, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. As you know, the South Africans kick in tomorrow, live from, I think it's Johannesburg and New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, there's a South African in exile in the United States. They're, they're taking up the reins tomorrow. And then I'm back on Friday. And if it's okay with you, I was thinking of doing more 
Freaky Friday stuff, weird stuff, mysteries, that sort of thing this Friday. A change of gear. You know, it's Friday. Let's do something different. But this Friday, I was thinking of focusing on mysteries of the Bible. The Bible is a very, very mysterious book. And within its pages, it has hints of mysteries. It has mysteries, of course. And it has, obviously, the divine mystery at its heart. But there's lots of little subsections that have wonderful mysteries or little tantalizing hints at things. So I thought maybe this Friday we could look at mysteries of the Bible. But it's open lines. If you want to talk about something else, I'm here to do so. I'm so conscious that it is very early in the morning when you're listening to me. So I have to be gentle with you, right? I will not shout at you. Oh, wow. Steve from Florida on the line. Steve, are you there? Yes, KB, I am here. Wonderful to hear your voice, Steve. It's good to talk to you. Now, listen, Steve, you are better known to most of us as Patriot 21. I hope you don't mind me outing you on the radio in that sense. That's fine. <laughs> now, during the week, um, one of our fellow chatters, for reasons unknown, told the world of a secret that you had been hiding in plain sight for many months. Would you like to reveal that on a... Well, yes. My, uh, my beloved wife decided it would be apropos to uh, kind of help me as that I did do a radio show on a small local radio station one day a week for about a year in 2011 through 2012 uh, and uh, had fun. Didn't make any money, but that's okay. <laughs> well, ra ra there's no money in radio, as you and I know, Steve. But, um, but listen, tell me this. What was the subject matter of your show? So we uh, put it together and we called it Culture of Life Radio. It was myself, uh, a friend of mine, Paul, who had done radio in college. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of our friends from church, Mary, who was the manager of the radio station at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, you, got, you need to do a radio show. I said, well, I'm doing it by myself, so I'm bringing Paul in. Uh, and uh, we weren't sure what to do at first, but we just kind of winged it, if you will. Um, and I kind of developed into Culture of Life Radio, and I... Learned a bit, a little bit about how to do it. Uh, did learn working the board a bit, um, mm -hmm. which was interesting and fun. Um, was it, did a few was, things, recorded some local commercials for for them and that. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it though. So, so Steve, you're talking about live radio. That's correct. Yeah, it was live radio um, on Friday, uh, right before lunchtime, if I remember right. That is amazing. How um, and was one hour you say one hour each week? Yes, correct. One hour each week, and I got to the point where I was spending three or four hours, five hours a week, preparing and editing little sound clips and uh, things that I wanted to include into the show. Nice. Um, so I learned, you know, a little bit about how to do that. Um, and uh, you know, like I said, it was it was a lot of fun, um, but as Things changed at the radio station. Uh, Mary had to move on. She was no longer welcome there. And um, because we were Catholic and they just weren't going for it too well. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. But it was all right, though. Uh, well, how did, you, how did you find, I mean, did you find it exciting? I mean, that, that our live radio with people phoning in or interaction with people. How, how did you find that? Well, I enjoyed it. I've always been the kind of person that, you know, once a com or, you know, once I start a conversation or I could get into a conversation with somebody, um, that, that, that's, I've, I've always been comfortable with that. Um, we did have a few callers, not a lot. Um, it was mostly the three of us and, and the discussions of the day of, of what was going on. Mostly locally, sometimes it, it would go beyond local, just depending on what was going on in the news of the day surrounding uh, issues of life, whether it be the abortion issue or euthanasia. Um, I think uh, the Hunger Games movies were out at that time. And I remember we did a, a, 
show that was covering, you know, how our world is leaning and mimicking, and it seems to be far worse now than it was, you know, towards those, the, the fictitious uh, futures that they had there. But, yeah. Um, but uh, t- t- tell me this, uh, um, Steve, the, the thing about radio, was, was it just that you ended up doing this, or had you always had a desire to do radio? I mean, was, was radio a big thing in your life? Well, um, as growing up, uh, I was a music junkie, and um, when uh, someone told me one time I was uh, a relatively newly married man, and probably had a couple of kids at the time, and somebody told me, oh, you need to start listening to Rush Limbaugh. And I said, what's that? And he says, this talk radio guy. And I said, no, radio's for music. And uh, I didn't, uh, didn't take him up, and then I happened to catch Rush Limbaugh on television one time and said, wow, this guy speaks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some pretty interesting stuff. So I went ahead and I was in a position I could start listening during the day um, and uh, while I worked. Um, and so I got into listening to talk radio from that perspective and I went through all the uh, what we call now the talk radio mafia guys, uh, you know, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity. Yeah. Um, Glenn Beck, and uh, but then um, through some grace of God and circumstances, I stumbled onto Mr. Church, and the rest is history there. So, but the, m- as far as my involvement uh, or my desire, you know, I always thought it would be fun to do it. Um, people would tell me I had a decent voice, and I didn't know why they would say that, but they did, and. Um, so I, I just kind of, when when I moved from Orlando up toward Lake County and we met uh, Mary, the manager of the radio station, you know, she's like, well, you know, she kept telling me, you need to get involved with Catholic radio. And mm-hmm. um, so we, we together with some other friends, we, we worked on trying to get Catholic radio to the central Florida area. And eventually that did happen. Um, but the, the diocese kind of took over. Um, what we, the work we were doing, but, but at the same time, she was the manager of that local, it was, it was a secular local station, but we did bring, you know, as much, uh, of the Catholic perspective to it, uh, as we could for the little time that we had. So but yeah, it, I did, it, it was a great experience. It just kind of fell on my lap. I, it, it, so, it sounds like it's, uh, it was great fun. When, when did you stop doing your live broadcasts? I, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, I believe it was probably October or so of 2011. And oh, wow. if I remember, we went around, right around about a year before, you know, we kind of had to, uh, you know, when Mary, they were, the, the owner of the radio station was trying to sell it. And that was a big, uh, big thing. And so uh, he he came back from like he lived up in New Jersey, I believe, and he came back and was trying, you know, take over management while he was trying to sell it. And so that's why Mary had to leave. And of course, without her there, we didn't really have the access anymore to no. it. So um, how long how long have you been listening to the Crusade Channel, Steve? Um, well, I uh, that's a fun story. I. Um, bought a uh, a used car from a guy up the road from us that had Sirius XM as a lifetime uh, membership in the car that it had been his wife's car. Um, and I was listening to the Patriot channel on Sirius XM on my way to work. I had, a, I had a over an hour commute every morning at the time. And, um, and so I would, I would turn on the Patriot channel and I just happened to have it on one morning. Um, and I was, as I was getting ready to pull out of my gate, I, um, you know, was listening to this guy and he, he sounded, you know, pretty cool. And, uh, I, w- I was liking what Mr. Church was saying and re- didn't really know him yet. And then at one point he said, and on his, on serious exam, he says, well, God forbid we pray a rosary on the radio. And I said, wait, what? This guy's <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> you know, I said, okay, now I'm really interested because at, at the time, Jacqueline, my wife, was um, he was the faith formation uh, director at our local parish, so mm-hmm. I was very involved with that as well. So we were very much deep into you know teaching the faith and 
spread, spreading the faith. So, um, you know, the fact that, you know, now I have a, a radio guy that's uh, proudly Catholic that has, you know, patriotic views and, and, and I've learned, you know, so much about uh, history and uh, everything by, by listening to uh, the Crusade Channel and Mike Church and then, and then everybody that's been, been involved. I mean, it's just a total uh, wonderful experience uh, meeting, going to the Congress uh, last May and meeting all wow. these wonderful folks. And it was just, just, it's been a great part of our life. And we just, uh, I don't know, we just love it now. Absolutely. Well, uh, just uh, you're probably not in the chat room at the moment, Steve. There's some nice comments coming in. Russo File says this guy does have a good radio voice. So, <laughs> and I would I would second that. But tell me this. I'm going to put you on the spot, Steve. Okay. Now you're okay. used you're used to, to callers calling in and going a little bit off field. Uh, so I'm now going to be the host asking you a question because I don't know if you were listening last Friday. Uh, when I was filling in for Fiorella. But um, the question of the day was, what would make the Crusade Channel even better? And I wondered if you had any views on that. Oh, goodness. Um, Take your time. (laughs) And if you you need to call a friend, call Jacqueline, I understand, okay? Yes. Um, I don't know. if you know, if we could find another, you know, like a person like, well, look what what Mike has done with uh, Rick Barrett, you know, groomed him. That's that's a bad word these days, but <laughs> you know, but really, in a in a good sense, uh, has has helped develop uh, Mr. Barrett into a very fine host of a show. Uh, I in the beginning, I was only you know when Rick first started, I wasn't. I would kind of tune out because I'm at work when I'm listening now. Um, but you know, and, and I know that, that over the years he's had various different hosts that have been able to do shows for a while and for, you know, circumstances in their life, they had, they had to move on. Uh, but you know, yeah, if we could just find another person that would have the, the, the will and the time to be able to continue, you know, more live programming that we're doing, I think that's a very noble goal for the network. Well, that, that's always, I mean, I'm glad you said that, Steve, because I, and I've said this to Mike privately, but my view has always been that, um, and I, I alluded to the fact that I wake up sometimes, it's early morning and I switch on and uh, I enjoy, I always go for the Crusade channel because it just feels like a home from home, right? I mean, there's lots of good radio out there in other stations, I know that, but it's different when you've got an emotional connection, right? When you actually know the people, you've spoken to them, you've met some of them, you know, it's 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 different. But I've always said to Mike that, Live radio was key. From the rising of the sun to its setting, you need people on air because radio is, and I don't know if you agree with this, but I think that radio is a companion. It's not just an entertainment. And it's a great companion for people when you're when you're working, when you're out. I was out yesterday doing some what what you call yard work. And I was just having that on and I was listening to Mike interviewing um, uh, with uh, Michael Hitchborn and chatting away and it was just it was just like listening to two friends while I was doing some gardening you know and it was nice and I really agree with you I think it's about live shows and and I think as well it's about as much interactivity as possible with the audience because this channel belongs to everybody who's a subscriber uh, so I'm with you on that. I mean, what I would really love, of course, is a kind of Art Bell coast-to-coast show on the Crusade. You know, that it's never going to happen. But it's sort of late night, weird and more. <laughs> I've, I've even got, can, can I run past you my provisional name for it, Steve? Yes, do, please. So it's coast-to-coast AM, and my show would be called Host to Host AD. <laughs> That's wonderful, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? And it would be everything, but it would be everything wonderful and weird and and miraculous, but through the Catholic lens. And uh, it would be late night uh, because I think people get lonely at night. Um, I mean, true. one of the great... Sorry? That's very true, yeah. I mean, one of the great... I mean, I met Mike a few years back, but I got injured uh, after that. And... Um, for a period of time, I couldn't really sleep and I was late at night and all the rest. And I used to just listen to Mike 
and he was a great companion. And occasionally he would shout out and say, we're praying for you, don't worry. And it meant, it meant the world to me, it meant the world to me. So um, radio as a companion as much as an entertainment. But it's also interesting what you're saying, Steve, because it's also something you learn things. You get tips about things, you get information, you share Oh, you know, yesterday we were talking about shows in the 70s and people started talking about Night Gallery with Rod Sterling. I've never heard of it. I'm going to go and check it out. Probably love it. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes musical recommendations or books or, or this sort of thing. It's a great way. It's just like this wonderful way in which we're reinventing community. Yeah, no, I agree. The, the, the vehicle of... Being able to communicate, and now with you know the the higher technology, the newer technology is about being able to listen, but also interact through the chat room, and uh, you know share different things, uh, you know get the links to the stories. Um, you're right; it does uh, allow for education and information to be exchanged. Absolutely. Uh, how, how are you doing on uh, recruiting? Um uh, for Crusaders through Mike's great uh, doubling of the size of it. Are you, are you finding any kind of uh, manager in that? Well, I, I know that we have uh, one, uh, at least one that we uh, gift membership that we gave out that he actually did activate his account. It was a, a young man that I worked with and then he uh, he, he decided to, to do a career change uh, so he's no longer, I'm not seeing him daily anymore. And I, so I'm not sure he was, I know he was listening. He said he was enjoying it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to reach out to him and see where he's at with that. Um, he's a, he's a young, uh, Catholic, uh, young Catholic man that, uh, I don't believe he goes to mass regularly, but I'm working on him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, um, it's just anybody. I mean, my, my stance is I tell people it's not a Catholic radio station. Now, there are Catholics on it, and we're all signed up, but it's not a, it's, a, it's just a talk radio station. And if you like, you like the personalities and you like the humor, and I think humor is one of the key component parts that we often overlook on the Crusade channel, because I tell you what, there are certain Catholic stations, radio stations, no names, some that I have appeared on regularly, and they are as dry as dust. <laughs> there, there's more laughter in them more. Yeah, that reminds me of the show that I did, <laughs> Drier Than Dust. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on, Steve. The trouble is that um, it may, I mean, it's it's not so much the show, but I mean, if, if you've got an hour to talk about the culture of life, there's not going to be a lot of laughs, right? There's not going to be a lot of that laughs. That is true. The subject matter didn't didn't uh, lend as well to, to too much humor, but we did. We did okay, I think. Well, I mean, li I mean we as Catholics and Christians in general, we, you know, life is about everything it's about the sadnesses yes it's about the sorrows it's about being angry sometimes the righteous anger absolutely but it's also about enjoying things it's about taking time to just laugh and and appreciate the world around us i've often said it you've probably heard it before steve there's a very nice quote from gk chesterton who said the secret to life is humility and humor yes that's that is true and I have failed miserably on both scores. <laughs> well, we all we all do at times, no doubt. Um, but there's uh, always tomorrow. there's always tomorrow. Uh, the great thing about doing a live radio show is that it's a great way of learning humility, because you know you can't be humble without humiliations. Very true. <laughs> and looking at my numbers in the chat room every day, it's a great humbling experience. Yeah, we, uh, well, we, you know, here in the States, it's, it's still relatively quite early. <laughs> no, I know that. I'm only playing with you. It's, uh, it's great. I'm amazed anybody turns up to listen to this, actually. But uh, <laughs> to me, that is, you know, but um, no, it's, it's great fun and it's a great privilege and it's a great honor, but it's a great joy. I mean, if it's God's will for, for, for anybody to get into radio. And the other thing I would say, Steve, is that there's a liking for radio and I'm very much a consumer of radio as much as I love radio. Right. And I've made that perfectly clear. But there's another element to it, which is that some people are called to use their gifts in the world of radio. And that may be presenting on air. It may be producing. It may be researching. 
It may be editing. It may be helping to get together some sound files. There's all sorts of ways in which people can contribute to creating an audio product which people enjoy. Steve, it's been a privilege and a pleasure to hear from you in Florida where the sun never stops shining and I'm envious. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes it shines a bit too much for my liking, but yes, it it has been an honor to uh, join you on the show. Uh, well, I, thank you for inviting I, me. I would like to uh, have an inv- a standing invitation anytime I am filling in. If you want to call in just to tell me what the weather's like in Florida, I'll be more than happy to take your call. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to just take you up on that. All right. God bless, Steve. All right. Thanks. Right. Back after the break with Dr. Amal and your life. Get your life problems finished. Will you do us the honor of introducing our, our next guest, please? Well, yes. I, I... Just, uh, just, just say who it is. Just make the announcement. Uh, yes. Well, well. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you, you see, dear, our guest is ready, and the stage set is all in place, and we have forty musicians waiting to. So why don't you just? to accentuate the positive feeling, mine it to negative, latch on to the affirmative, don't mess with Mr. In-Between, you got to spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, have faith or pandemonium, liable to walk upon the scene, to illustrate I I got so into the music, I forgot I was presenting the show, so apologies. Welcome back. Uh, It's um, 21st of September, I think it's Wednesday, so it must be Dr. Amal coming in from Belgium this morning to sort out our life problems. Dr. Amal, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you, Kevin. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the show, Amal. I'm so glad you're here because we have got so many problems on this station. Oh, I see. Let's start then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Can I remind uh, everybody in the chat room that I am sitting here waiting for your uh, problems, your questions, your queries for Dr. Amal. Listen, Dr. Amal charges approximately $200 an hour for consultations. And you're getting it for free here on the radio. Come on, you can do that. <laughs> now, I have one query um, which was written to me privately before the show. I hope you don't mind me sharing it with you, Amal. No, not uh, at all. Don't worry, there's not many people listening. And um, it's from somebody who says that, um, I'm going to paraphrase uh, because it was a rather, rather sort of blunt uh, communication. And they said something like, um, please keep sending me chocolates. If you stop sending me chocolates, I will get you taken off the air. I need to eat three boxes of chocolates every day. I'm obsessed with chocolates. What would you, what would you, how would you sort of interact with somebody like that? Uh, well, that's a great problem to have, but I think that maybe, I don't know where that person is um, now at the moment, but maybe he is, or she is in or the wrong she, place. Or she, or she. Yeah, she is in the wrong place, because uh, probably Belgium is one of the places that she is looking for. Wow, perfect. So come over, and you'll have all the chocolates to your heart's content. So if I say to her, look, there is a direct train from London to Brussels, get on and your chocoholic dreams will be fulfilled. Exactly. It's so okay. easy. You know, like if all the problems were as easy as, easy as this one, you know. <laughs> so, so 
my dear listener, can you see how easy it is to get solutions to problems with Dr. <laughs> Mal here on air? You know, something which I've been tossing and turning, unable to answer that email. And in two minutes, she's just sorted it out. And a one-way ticket to Brussels to the local chocolate factory. And we are sorted for life. Isn't that amazing? Wonderful. Anyway, how are you, first of all, Dr. Mal? And how is Belgium at the moment? Uh, it's, it's very sunny. So that's, that's great. Um... I'm I'm doing fine. I'm you know like I'm just really waiting as every morning. You know, like I'm just waiting to to see what's going to happen and how to enjoy life and how to help other people and allow myself to be helped and allow myself to be surprised by all the good things that could happen today. So let's let's back up a little bit, Amal here, because um, when I, I've met you many times and I've always been instructed how how peaceful you are, how purposeful. Um, and how pleasant uh, you are. I'm just trying to work out how many P's I can work into this sentence. But anyway, you get the picture. And um, what would you say? I, before the break, I was chatting to Steve from Florida, who phoned in, and we were talking about life, and we were talking about vocation, really, I guess. Mm-hmm. And how would you go about helping somebody discern a professional vocation. I'm not talking about a religious vocation per se or priesthood or that sort of thing. I'm talking about with young people in particular, how do you help them discern what is God's will for them? And just just before you or while you muse on that, let me just give you a little um, sad tale of somebody I know who always wanted to be uh, on radio uh, but was pushed into various careers by uh, teachers and such like, and ended up spending a long time doing things that he never really enjoyed, all the time thinking that the pleasure of work was for somebody else. Now, that young, if that young person had a, had a proper discernment, somebody might have said to them, do you know what? You really love this. Why don't you go and do it? But... How would you approach that with a young person? If there's somebody listening to this who's young or somebody's got a young person in the family, how would you go about helping them discern a vocation in terms of professional work calling? Um, Discerning a professional, um, yeah, or work calling is uh, something that can evolve, can change, can mature, and I think that what we have to be in life is to be flexible and open because when I was uh, much younger, I always thought I will never teach in my life. That's the one thing that I was not going to do. And I literally was tricked into teaching, you know. Um, I did it because someone really needed uh, um, needed me, so I just thought, okay, I'll do them a favor. And I discovered that I loved it so much, and I loved being with people, so that was really the beginning. Um, as a young person, sometimes it's not easy to say, no, I'm not going to do what you are doing, because probably they will be the ones uh, paying your fees, um there are different circumstances maybe you have to be you know like to take over the business or whatever you know like i think that what you have to be uh to do is always to be realistic and see if there is another way of achieving your um you know your professional um your professional dream or calling so um i think that what i have to do is just really to understand the person where they are coming from uh their family situation, their financial situation, and also to show them, I I think that one thing in life in general, sometimes we can't reach our goal directly. But if there's an obstacle, it doesn't mean that that obstacle is going to stop us from achieving our goal. Maybe that obstacle can really test our desire and our calling just to see if this if this is the right thing for me to do i i i need it i want it i love it in uh, in theory but reality is showing me something else if it is your calling i think that you'll find another way and that obstacle or whatever you have done before that it could be an enrichment so don't see that Maybe, you know, like it is, uh, sometimes we have to go slower about things, you know, we cannot go directly. And if we are living in this, you know, like now it is, it's, I know what I want and I want it now. But in life, life doesn't work like that. And sometimes we have to be patient. So it really depends, you know, like, and that's why it's important to have 
indeed, you know, like um, a good coach with whom you can talk and then, um, you know, just show you how to go about a situation like that. Thank you for that, Dr. Amal. That's extremely helpful. Some questions are starting to trickle into the chat room. Uh, by the way, the, um, uh, the trash collectors have arrived outside my door and are making an absolute racket. So if there's a lot of noise on my end, apologies. Um, so um, this from Denise. Uh, it's a very general uh, question, but probably something we all suffer from at some point in our lives. Denise says, I seem to be stuck in a slump of sad frustration at seeing the direction of this world and where it's heading, yet being hopeless to change it or to get anyone else to see it. What would you say to Denise? Um, yes, that is. I, I was hoping that someone would ask that question. Thank you, Denise. Uh, it's a great question, but yeah, you're right. You know, like if we, if you um, if, and me have to change the world, I think that, you know, like there's no, not much hope. But we know that we are people of faith, you know, like at least people who have faith, we know that it really doesn't depend on us. And what we are expected to do, and sometimes, you know, like I think that there is this idea that we have now, this mentality, which is not very Christian, uh, it is very strange idea that we have now learned to enjoy the good and prohibit the evil. And that is not our calling. Our calling is to do good and avoid evil. So really the first thing to do, you know, like for us when we see so many problems and it's, it's, I mean, it's like, it's a mountain that we cannot scale, you know, like it's just, you know, really, it, it pushes you to, to be hopeless and, and desperate. But I think that Christian hope and hope in general is something that we cannot give up, because once we give up hope, then we have lost the battle. Um, so for me, it's that, you know, like it's that change of mentality, you know, like it's, I'm not here, I'm not here to police the world, I'm not here to judge the world. I see, I'm realistic, I know that there are so many problems and there is so much evil, there is war, there is suffering, there is you know, misery all over the world, but we are there, the light of the world. I think that we have to be that maybe little candle, you know, um, they're giving some little light, you know, that's, even if that's a bit of a light that's maybe what people need at this moment so for me it is you know let's move from that idea of enjoying the good and prohibiting evil to trying to do good ourselves and yeah. avoid evil very very wise words just on that though uh, amal how would you suggest to to us to increase the gift of hope in our lives how, how can we how can we become more hopeful people people who live in hope as opposed to depression or despair? I think that's because sometimes we think that it depend, things depend on us. I have to do something. And it's not always about doing. It's really about being. You know, like we know these words, you know, like doing is not important. Being is more important. But it's not only a metaphysical game, you know. It is really about who you are. So um, I think that you have to set your priorities right. And not only priority, but also to know who you are and who is really in charge. Because once you know who is in charge, um, then things will change, you know, because now we think that there's so much that is happening to us. And I think that the media is making us believe everything that is, um, that is happening. But uh, there was something that really struck me when I was reading uh, the book uh, Jesus of Nazareth by, uh, I think that was the first one. Uh, by Pope, yeah, now Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth, when he was talking in the very beginning about the temptations of Christ, and one of the temptations when um, I think that if if I'm uh, if I remember correctly, uh, one of the temptations when the devil was showing Jesus all the glory of the world, and he said actually he didn't show him the reality; it was just a mirage, you know, like it was something that was not true. It was as if. And I think that we are living in a world which is showing us as if that God has been conquered. Good, there is no goodness in the world. There is nothing good in the world. And um, and we are bombarded. We see it around us. And, of course, it is very difficult to remember that actually that is the mirage. It is not the, the reality. Because there is someone, you know, like this world is, is not... Um, 
going ahead, you know, like without any purpose, you know, just turning around and we don't know what is going to happen. And there are some powerful people who are in charge. They are not in charge. No one is in charge. There's only one person in charge. That's and once we realize that who that person in charge and what's the place that I give to that person in my life, then things will change. And that's, that is the source of our hope, you know, because otherwise, I, you know, like you can be optimistic. You can be someone who... Uh, who love laughing and enjoying life and food and all the good things, that's great. But there is there's a point where you have just to realize, does this depend on me or on other people? And I think that we have to realize that it doesn't depend on other people, it doesn't depend on me or on you, it depends on the one person. Excellent. So, um, so the world uh, is not a random series of accidents that just crash around with no meaning, no purpose, uh, and with no planning. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Except, I think there's one exception to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show. Um, so, um, you're listening to Dr. Amal Marogi coming live to you from Brussels in Belgium. She has stepped out of her consulting room and her very expensive clientele to minister to you on the air this morning. Jacqueline has a question for you, Amal. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend to a woman who is trying to start something for her husband? Can't think who that is. And he's being resistant. He's just too humble. Ah, he's resistant because he's too humble. Uh, does that mean that he doesn't have enough confidence that is going to work and you are the one pushing him? So, um, because really it depends on, um, you know, uh, yeah, um, yeah, humility, I don't know, you know, like it really depends, we can look at humility, at, you know, from different um, angles, and um, let me just guess a little bit, because of course, you know, like I don't have uh, more, you know, other details that are important in this case, but there is something that maybe you don't want to show off, how good you are and then you just think okay i'm going to sacrifice that i'm going to offer it up and i'm not going to do it because i'm doing something else mm. a different story is if you are not confident enough that is going to work and it's about expect yeah managing expectations are you expecting too much of him so it really depends. Do you want to speak a little bit, though, about something which I I only came across a few years ago and now I see everywhere, and that is imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, imposter syndrome. Um, I'm sure that, you know, like we have read a lot about imposter syndrome, and that is uh, something that we all at some point... Um, will suffer from and since I've worked at you know like um, a top university that you know like I've seen many young people really suffering from that and then also at work um, it's again you know like how do you manage expectations you know that you are good but at some point you just think you know, like no I'm not good enough you know they just think that I'm good but actually I'm not um, and I think, again, it is really, it is going back to reality. It is going back to who you are. And sometimes we think that other people are expecting so much from us. But actually, it's not other people. It is us. It is ourselves who are expecting so much of us. We make it difficult for ourselves. So um, in that case, you know, like, again, you know, you, you need really a coach. You need someone with whom you can talk and then go through all the issues that is related to imposter um, uh, syndrome. But uh, we all have been through such a situation. I think that is really, you know, like I, I would say that is it's normal. It's something yep. that's going to happen to us, um, you know, sooner or later at some point, especially when we are, um, you know, when we're becoming more successful. Um, but again, it's, I think that one of the things is that, you know what, just take yourself with a pinch of salt. And one of the things that is really very good is just to laugh at yourself. Totally. You know, if you take yourself too seriously, it's going to, to make it, uh, very difficult, difficult for yourself and for the people around you. But, you know, just, you know, don't take yourself too seriously, you know, just laugh and allow. And, and also, you know, like we have this idea, sorry, you know, like I'm going just to add this one is that it's okay to fail. It's okay not to do everything perfectly. 
you know, we are just human beings. We know that it's you know, like we can make mistakes, we can fail, we can do the most stupid things, and it's okay. You know, like we can just you yeah. know, learn and love at ourselves. Absolutely. Um, if I ever get a show on the radio, Amal, it's going to be called Imposter Syndrome. Um, <laughs> now, I've got another question here from Maggie, and it says, um, how do I deal with a young man that simply has no desire to go out and pave their way in the in life. They are stuck in a cycle of only working part-time, delivering groceries, etc., and seem to have no desire to grow up. Yeah, that is that is that is um that's a problem. You know, like I'm I um I can imagine your uh, frustration, but um I think that we will come more and more across that type of people who just think that earning enough money is enough for themselves so that they can enjoy themselves and they can do whatever they want. Um, they forget that they have a vocation in life and they are here on earth to do something good. So one of the ways of helping these people is just to show them really, it's just gently to show them how important they are and they have a mission to fulfill in life and not only just to get that little money that will you know, like help them pay their bills and get their games that they they want to to play um if we don't have purpose if we don't have a mission in life it is very very difficult to motivate yourself so i think that that young man uh like so many other young people nowadays um they think that earning money and doing what they want to do and just enjoying life that is what life is about and it's up to us to show them that that is not life. Uh, that is a miserable life if they leave that. And they will be the first ones to be miserable. Yeah. And I think that it's also important. To, I, I always try to remind young people that they are not going to be young forever. And they are really wasting the most precious uh, time and the most precious years that they have on something that they will regret very, very soon. So I think that it is very important to show them that how important they are and also to, you know, to tell them that there is there's probably someone waiting for them for all the good that they are going to do in order to change their lives. There's a general question here from Patrick, um, and uh, it's, it's kind of linked to what you're, you're saying, Amal, and it says, how much does discipline have to do with the advice of a life coach? Is most of her advice given in regards to just disciplining oneself? Um, yes, it is disciplining oneself, but also motivation. I think motivation is very, very important. It's not about discipline, you know. Um, we have to know the big why, why we are doing something. And discipline come after. You know, like, I don't, I'm not very Kantian, Kantian you know, like, to, just to say, you know, like, it's our duty, this is our duty, we have to do it. Um, we always have to ask ourselves the big why, why I'm doing this. And also for the young people, really, it is very important. Maybe they won't be responsive immediately, but we have to remind them that there is this very important question that they have to keep asking them uh, themselves. It's why? Why is he or she doing this? And for what? So it is, you know, like, I mean, that is that's very important. And once they have decided the direction that they want for their lives, then we can talk about discipline and how, you know, like it's just, what is discipline really are the means and the tools and the, um, everything that we need to achieve a goal. And we need that. So, you know, like, why do you need a discipline? You know, you need discipline when you're a student in order to succeed. If you're, um, you know, if you're at um, yeah. sport, man or woman, you know, like you need discipline in order to achieve, you know, that gold medal. Um, and if we are, you know, like people of faith, we need that discipline in order to achieve heaven uh, but discipline for its sake i don't think that is, is very helpful and it won't really encourage or motivate anyone you know like probably we'll we will do it at, for you know like a period of time or when we are obliged or forced to but it, it you know it won't it won't last for long very that long I think you're absolutely spot on with that advice amal i think it is about motivation if somebody's motivated you don't need to speak to them if you need to discipline people, then they're not motivated. And there's there's all sorts of issues that, that might be lurking in the background as to why they're doing it. I mean, sometimes people are not motivated because they're in the wrong job 
or they haven't found the right job or they haven't found the right circumstance or unfortunately some of them have, have given up for life uh, maggie uh, responding to your advice is very very grateful for your advice amal and um she says that um one of the other chatters has said he needs to find a a, 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 a girlfriend or a wife you know and uh, maggie says he'd have to leave his computer and room to meet a girl <laughs> And I, I know I know that said jokingly, but there is uh, there is a problem today that um, and I've seen this with other young men that they just want to sit in their room and play games on computers and they don't want. I mean, they're barely able to make conversations, some of them. Hmm. Yeah, I think that we've to- we've touched upon this last uh, last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, we we seem to have forgotten how to interact with people. And just, you know, like talking about this um uh, this issue with finding a girl there is a french uh, song which is very uh, very famous you know like and one of the things is that someone called diego you know like he wants to meet someone but he's sitting um home behind his computer and and you know the advice in the song it's a very beautiful song but it's in french you know like and then it says you know go out and then you will meet that person maybe on the bus or somewhere under the way or you know like somewhere um yes i think that we have forgotten how to interact with people yes. and where to meet people because for us you know like meeting people is you know with zoom with uh, facebook with, with everything you know it's uh we think that's the digital world is our world it is the virtual world but we forget about reality and i think that it's important to remind young people exactly you know like you want to meet people you you want to meet a real person go out leave that uh, mobile behind and then behind you and go leave it at home absolutely and uh if you go and meet someone and they are all the time on their phone you know like i think that that, that they are the the wrong person probably for you so they won't help you that much um we need it's you know like we need our phones we need our computers otherwise i won't be able to talk to you but uh we have to find that balance uh we have to find you know, ourselves. It's, a, it, it's totally balanced. I mean, it's 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 what uh, there's a Christian uh, temperance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You have to be yeah. temperate. And I mean, I'm speaking to myself here, you know, I mean, ours and ours doing X or Y that we enjoy uh, when we neglect sometimes very basic stuff, you know, is not the way to live. It's not not our proper dignity. We're all we're all prone to it. And it's not just young people, Maggie. It's it's older people. Mm. As um, some pe- some very complimentary comments coming into the chat room here. Um, people are very grateful for your advice, Amal. I'm very happy. Thank um, you. A- Ashley in Florida says this woman is really good at what she does. Yeah, I, I agree, Ashley. I agree. Um, great advice. Thank you, Maggie says. Now, Russell File asks. He's listening to you and wondering. He's saying, "What is this lady's philosophy?" What is my philosophy? I have no philosophy other than, um, really, as I said, you know, like, do good, avoid evil. And then I have, I think that I have also my priority. I know who is, who is in charge in my life. That's, that's my philosophy. You know, like, I, I know who's the rock in my life. Correct. And, um, and then the only philosophy is do good and avoid evil. And, you know, drown the evil in abundance of good. I think that's that's my philosophy. Oh, totally. Wonderful. Um, the Barrett Brief is kicking in here and saying, let's not blame young men for this totally. He goes on, a matriarchal society that has told women they don't need men, they're all strong and independent, um, plus the pay gap differential for men and women around the ages of 23, 26 puts men in a no-win situation. Women are given high-paying jobs that men used to get, so men are stuck in the low-paying jobs. But this w- woman seems to have some good advice. Oh, <laughs> God, you said that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> a different punchline. Thank you for that. So, I mean, he he is he. I mean, uh, Barrett Brief is alluding to something in society where a lot of women are now rightly getting their due in terms of taking the best roles and leadership and what have you and what have you. And there is a tendency amongst men to, to sort of withdraw a little bit. I've seen this in a number of industries. They just kind of withdraw, and that's probably more pronounced with young men. So, what advice would you give to a young? man in that in that in that emerging world 
You know, I, I totally understand where you are coming from, totally. And I've been talking to many successful women who find it very difficult to find the right person. Uh, one of the reasons is that, of course, because they scare men. Basically, they have everything. Um, but what we have forgotten, I think that this is this is really a problem. You know, like it's we are living in a society that has made us believe that more money and success are the only measures by which someone can be, you know, judged. And even our relationship, you know, like and you know, like to have. To, to have women being paid more and, um, uh, you know, um, I think that, again, it is always about the balance, you know, like we are, we, we seem to, 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 to shift to the extremes. And our role here is, you know, like especially in like young men, I said, don't be afraid of these women. They really need you. You know, like, I mean, you don't know how many young women and professional women, very successful women are desperate to find the right man because, Maybe they don't need your money, which is, I know that's very important. Um, you can't give them immediately, you know, like the most amazing car uh, because they already have one from their, uh, from their boss. It's the, their work. But what they are looking for is something more than that. Yeah. And I think that it is just we have to help to regain that balance. You know, like we have to really to just to help that balance you know, uh, become the norm again in our society. And there is no point in just complaining. And um, I know I'm very, I'm very much aware of these problems because, you know, like I have young men exactly who come with the, the same uh, issues and many, many young women and professional women, you know, like I, I'm, you know, at the moment I have at least three. So I can tell you knowing both a little bit, is that we have to find a way, but please do not be afraid of women who are very successful because they are desperate to find the right person. Well, well maybe Maggie's um, boy who's not doing a lot could link up with one of these successful women. Um, <laughs> you know, she, she can help him, you know, at least he can clean the house or help her or do whatever, whatever until he gets his act together. But um, yeah. that's great. Now, listen, Amal, I don't want to over overindulge in terms of your good advice this morning. It's been really great speaking to you. And I know you've got a very busy schedule and we're really appreciative of you giving your time. I think people okay. enjoyed uh, listening to you this morning. I certainly the comments in the chat room are, are, are very complimentary and I always enjoy your advice. It's so sane. It's so sensible and it's so practical you know a lot of advice is not practical so on behalf of everybody at the crusade channel i'd like to thank you for your time this morning and also extend our good wishes to our listeners in belgium especially young elise if she's listening uh, thank you so much and thank you to the listeners thank you it right. has been a pleasure thank you that was dr amal morogi coming in from brussels uh belgium Europe, and uh, she was giving us life advice. And I think, I don't know about you, but I always appreciate her advice. Lots of comments in the chat room. Uh, she's not trying to solve everything. Uh, I know that. Um, but I can absolutely vouch for um, uh, Amal. She is one fountain of good sense. Now, we are up to 50 chatters in the chat room this morning, and there has been no threats of chocolate at any point this morning. I just want that noted. No threats of chocolate or, or that sort of thing. Um, I hope you're enjoying the show this morning. I'm really enjoying being with you this morning. It's great fun. Um, Maggie, I hope that's helped with, with your boy. I mean, the other thing which uh, we will all do and we should all do is pray for each other. We should all pray for each other and pray for these things. God has his time and God has his way with these things. Sometimes... The fact that somebody's not doing something is there to help us in a way, teach us patience or other virtues. Not easy, not easy. Um, and um, I'm sure that uh, these sorts of issues will also be dealt with in the Bard Brief, which comes up after the Mike Church Show, which follows on from this uh, at some point this morning. Um, <laughs> so just to remind you, a quick programming note. Uh, tomorrow, the South Africans kick in with uh, all things South African, lions and tigers and elephants and whatever they talk about. And then on Friday, uh, I'm back again. And we're doing mysteries on Friday. We do mystery hours. And we're talking the mysteries of the Bible on Friday. 
And uh, if you've got any mysteries or any strange tales, any weird things that have happened to you, feel free to call in. We had Philip a few weeks ago, if you remember when I was filling in. Philip called in and gave us that very interesting story. And if you're listening, Philip, you're very welcome to call on the show again. I don't know if you're out delivering this morning in Massachusetts, Connecticut, or all parts northeast. Uh, but um, if you have something, or anybody else, I was going to maybe try and get Joe on the show. I don't know if Joe's in the chat room. I don't think he is. Uh, because we both had that experience in a haunted house when we were filming there. And it would be good to get his angle on it. Because I've recited my angle a few times on the radio of a night in a haunted house. I've told you that story, haven't I? Maybe you don't want to hear it. Night in a haunted house where something else turns up. Um, or I could tell you about the night I met Count Dracula. I kid you not. I kid you not. Now, Jacqueline, you said in the chat room you were interested in bats. Is that is that serious? You're really interested in bats? Um, that could be a worrying sign. You're not also sort of awake at nights when there's a full moon and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> I hope some of the uh, advice from Amal was very helpful. And if anybody wants to be put in touch with Amal personally, I'm very happy to do so. Just uh, drop me a personal message in the chat room and I will forward you, connect you with Amal. And then it's between you and her. I know she's in Brussels, but she does a lot of uh, telecommunication con uh, counseling for people around the globe. Much in demand, and uh, I think it's great that she's willing to give up some of her time just to come on her and um, take any questions fielded. I think it's good sport. It's a very good sport. Okay, so how are we doing now? Um, I was going to talk to you a little bit, I mean, about that queue. The other day, you know this queue for the, the royal lying in state? I've been thinking about it. And... Um, Anyway, maybe I'll talk to you on Friday about that. I have some suspicions about that queue, but um, we'll, maybe we'll talk about that another day. Now, um, Dr. Torres, after a generation of boys being beaten down, it makes sense that we've been less successful men. Yes, up to a point, uh, Dr. Torres, I agree with you, but maybe, um, maybe we need to work on ourselves, young boys, men, that we find a true masculinity, a true way in which we can be men in, in society. Our, our, our lives are, uh, and the outcome of our lives are not determined by other people and they're not determined by circumstances if we take control of our lives. It's very difficult to do, but the Christian, I think, is called to rely on something more than the various uh, waves of uh, the, the ever-changing modes and tides of life within society. We have a rock upon which to build our lives, which is something much more solid and with will, will withstand any pressures from any source. So I think we need to maybe sort of look, look to that. Become true Christian men. Today is Wednesday. It's a day traditionally devoted to St. Joseph, and there is no better model for the Christian man than St. Joseph. Absolutely no better model. Strong, silent, all the strong, silent heroes of history are really uh, pale imitations of St. Joseph. If ever there was a strong, silent hero type, he was it. And he's our model, and he's also our mentor, and he's also our intercessor. And we should call upon him this Wednesday to help us to be men, to be real men, not as the world sees it, which is often determined by violence or by infantile behavior, but a true Christian man. And that is a very different being to what the world um, says. Tar Hill Militia, Brussels. Yes, we've had Brussels live from Brussels this morning. I once knew a man from Brussels, six foot four and full of muscles. <laughs> Somebody had to say it, Tower Hill Militia, why not you? Why not you? Um, Denise, the whole feminist movement is a lie. We were always equal but different. Too many women think they need to be men to be successful. Well, maybe the thing will balance itself out a bit, Denise, you know. Maybe it'll balance itself out. Um... Russia file. Maybe we need to make a distinction between the woman and the virgin. Absolutely. Well, Eve is the woman and the virgin is uh, the Eve. It's lovely the way Ave, we talk about Ave Maria. Ave is the inversion of Eve and uh, the, the true triumph. Uh, 
Good. Okay, well, listen, um, that's it really for today. Thank you so much for your company. It's been great fun. I hope you enjoyed Steve this morning. I certainly enjoyed Steve. Uh, and then we had the wonders and the wisdom of Dr. Amal. So until tomorrow, or sorry, until tomorrow when the South Africans are back, stay tuned. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June, I said that's life. And as funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks stopping on a dream.